Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. You know the drill. We have to start with something crazy that's happened to us in the Insta world this week. Sonia, kick us off. What has happened to you? What have influencers done to you that just burst your bubble? I have been victimized by influencers this week. No, (laughs) just kidding. Not too bad of a week, but I am continuing to get influencers who are quoting me one rate. And then when I come back and I give them the formal document and everything that's included, the rate somehow triples. As soon as they know that they want, that we want them, it's like, oh yeah, I forgot this. And I'm like, girl, you already sent the numbers. Like I'm confused. (laughs) You know what? I've actually had a very similar situation this week. I also feel personally victimized by influencers, but I've been looking for influencers for a project and I keep getting back this flat fee for usage. This flat $500 fee for 30 days of story usage. And these people have like 400 views on their story sets, on their stories on average. I'm like, you just don't, you, that, no, no, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want that anymore. Oh my goodness. Yes. The pricing does need to reflect the outcome in some ways, you know, like I can't just, you can't give me a flat fee without a justification here, people. So this leads us right into pricing. We wanted to talk about pricing because we see all of this crazy engagement changes over Instagram, TikTok. We know TikTok's super volatile. I'm seeing a bunch of brands jump on TikTok right now. So I want to talk about the way we go about pricing at this point in time. Yeah, I think pricing will always be a hot topic in the influencer world. Like it's there's no regulation. We've seen so many changes. The platforms change. Now we have new platforms. So people can continue to repackage and rejigger what they offer. I am seeing a huge spike in TikTok rates for sure right now. Um, and That's still seeing good to know, to be honest. <laughs> It's just seeing people all over the board, both like a spike where, okay, we're getting closer to what's happening on Instagram. Maybe a reel is mm-hmm. 1500 and we're seeing something closer for a TikTok. I definitely agree. And it's actually kind of disconcerting to see that you can have an influencer that's charging $4,000 on Instagram and then their TikTok rates for a very similar follower count are like a thousand. Like that is just very, very different. It really is interesting, but I also wonder if part of it is like the amount, uh, like the way that the actual app works. So because TikTok is so fast in eating a trend and spitting it out and Instagram is a much slower burn, Mm -hmm. it's almost understandable why things would be less expensive for a similar follower count because the amount of time that the content is going to be relevant is much Mm -hmm. less. So while 1000 to 4000 is a pretty big cut, I would understand why some brands and some influencers may be more interested in lower pricing on TikTok because they know that the content is just going to be here today, gone tomorrow, and no longer relevant in the future. What do we think the general burn is for TikTok? Can you even relate the views on Instagram versus the view on TikTok, the engagement per se? 
I think no, because the <laughs> not only is the algorithm so different, like I just can't, I can't, I don't think that they're apples to apples, even in a little bit, because the way that people use them is so different. And because the way that information is given is so different. Like I think on Instagram, more mm-hmm. people are willing to both watch and read. And on TikTok, people are yeah. only willing to watch. Like the captioning is not a thing. Only watch. I don't think that people are like using linking and that type of stuff quite as much. They're just mm-hmm. not trained over there yet. Whereas Instagram for many years has been building up shopping tapping to tag, checking out, like there's way more of a commerce element on Instagram than there is on TikTok. This month I am, you know, casting for a client and um, Mm -hmm. we are really looking for reach as one of the highest uh, pieces of engagement. Yeah. So I think it really starts with the brand or the agency knowing what the goal of the campaign is when we're looking for the influencer. So really it is an awareness campaign. So they are looking for... um, um, high reach. We did cast with mm-hmm. um, the option that the influencers needed to send in a screenshot of their most recent 30 days of analytics for things. So um, mm-hmm. we were pretty tight on that in terms of where people were located, where their followers were located. And follower age was very important to us because it is a little bit of an older brand. And with Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, it's a sweet spot if you're going to get people in their 20s or people in their 30s and up. So really verifying that we were getting the right age range was important to us. Pause there. Mm-hmm. Content versus awareness. How mm. do you find, because I get this question a whole lot, how do you find brands that are looking for content? Everyone's worried uh, about their awareness right now. Everyone's worried about their engagement. I do think every brand is in need of content. There's no brand that is not in need of content. It's so expensive to produce and it takes such a large team that mm-hmm. the more content, the merrier. And any brand who isn't working that way is really a big miss right now. But I do think that emerging brands are really the ones that are probably looking for the most amount of content. They're trying to keep up. They don't have as large of budgets. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to provide a nice package of content for a reasonable price, um, I think that's incredible. So when you're looking around like 100K to, I would say as low as like 75 or 50K, that might be mm-hmm. a good sweet spot of brands that have a little bit of money and are looking yeah. for content. The one thing that I keep bringing up is, okay, if you are a solid content creator and I'm looking at these people's work. So I know they are. Um, Go out to your local businesses, go out to your local businesses, pitch your services of actually just creating a package of content. Because if your pizza parlor down the street wants to bring you on for, you know, a thousand bucks a month, that's an amazing retainer that you can make a little bit more money with. You can have one content day where you go to the pizza parlor, you make out these reels, you then put them to trending audio, whether you pass them along, you know, immediately or, as weeks go by and you can track that audio a little bit more, like there's, there's so much potential in the just content creation of it. If you are a small creator. Absolutely. I love this idea, Harley. I think looking local is so important. People are always looking to secure the biggest brand names, the up and comers, people that they see have mm-hmm. recently gotten investing. And I think everyone is doing that, including agencies. Like we're all trying to get a piece of the pie. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of times, smaller people are getting overlooked. And it's also Mm -hmm. important to pitch yourself, maybe not just as like, oh, I'm going to make you this content, but it's almost like um, social media support person. 
because yeah. um, normally these companies do want to have a social media presence. They know that it is yeah. expensive or maybe out of their budget to hire a social media manager of some sort or an agency. So saying, you know, hey, I can give you a little bit of advice, I can create the content, and then you can post it and do everything else is a really great way to lower the costs. And that's also something that you could do for, you know, a smaller social media agency. You could come in and say, hey, I'm happy to create content for any of the clients that you represent. Let me know. Um, And that's how I've worked with a lot of people in the past. Maybe they weren't full-time influencers, but they were photographers or other people who were trying to get a start more in the creative world. And Mm -hmm. they came to me and we were able to lean on them for short-term projects, uh, behind the scenes at a photo shoot, just getting extra video on set. It's been a really great way to discover new talent. There's, There's just something to be said about being local and having the person you're working with be right there. Like I know we're in a world of you can work anywhere, but it's so it's so helpful to be able to be in shop and create and all of that and have the vision there. Okay, pivot back. Now that we understand content versus awareness. So you're looking for reach here. Tell me more about tell me more about that budgeting thing. Ah, yes. So we were really looking for more for awareness. Um, and the budget for the first month is relatively small. It's 5k. Um, so I knew I was going to be looking at creators who were definitely in the 50k and under range. So they were pretty realistic that it was going to be probably four people at best. Um, and we're looking Mm -hmm. at people who have anywhere from like 25,000 and then some had a little bit more 50,000. Um, and we were able to mm-hmm. zhuzh around a cast and we're still working on it now. But for example, you know, I'm looking at two people, both have a similar 50,000 follower range, both have a similar quote in terms of what their pricing is. Not identical, of course, but very similar. And then I look to their engagement rate for sure from there. One had a drastically lower engagement rate. And I'm always hopeful that for an influencer that we're at around 2% until we get to a very high number. I like to see people with a healthy engagement rate of around 2% on an average. So that's personally what I look for to start weeding it down. And sometimes it's just look, sometimes it's area. We did ask for an average reels. Yeah. um, Screenshot. And that also was very widely varied depending on, of course, like the following and how long they had been on reels um, because we were asking for a reel to be produced. So the views were really all over the place, but I would say most people's views are about the same as their full following. We were seeing, at least at that smaller range, right? These are not people who have hundreds of thousands of followers, but Mm -hmm. at the smaller range, we were seeing someone who has you know, 30,000 followers, we were seeing somewhere around anywhere from 20 to 25,000 views on some of their reels. I feel like engagement is just dropping down and down and down though. And I think it's more average to see like maybe 10%. I mean, I can depend on 10% of your follower count. I don't know that views are indicative of health of an account because you can never know for sure what's going to happen to your content. You don't know when you're going to hit that virality. Um, You don't know what else is going on that day. It could just be that the stars aligned and that's fantastic for you, but it's not something that you can plan out. Um, And it's not something you have control over. That's the real thing. It's like when people report or are looking for influencers specifically based off of impression, reach views, that's Mm -hmm. really difficult because they don't have control. It's Instagram who controls that. I just think in the last couple of months, I have seen so many creators with 100K who like very typically get like 20K views on things. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty average. And especially if they have an older account that's 
you know, they grew so long ago. I don't know what you do about that. I don't really think there is anything that you can do. I think it's more about like telling yourself like this is what it is and I need to either diversify Mm -hmm. in other parts of the platform and come up with something new that I want to start offering, come up with a new idea, work more on my Pinterest following, work more on my TikTok following, do something else instead of just keeping all your eggs in the Instagram basket because yeah, there's nothing you can do. So with the pricing of that, one of the things that I have seen across different platforms, like podcasts specifically, is a cost per thousand viewers. And I heard that metric from another um, brand that I actually had a meeting with about my account the other day. They recommended, or I think they, they said their average their typical protocol is $150 per thousand viewers or something like that, which isn't that far mm-hmm. away from my pricing. Um, but I thought it was interesting to see that kind of engagement rather than, or that kind of uh, follower validation pricing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> instead <laughs> of based on follower count alone. Yeah, I think CPM or cost per million pricing comes from a very old format of marketing. So before Instagram ever existed. (laughs) Um, Which if you don't know is actually cost per thousand, not million. (laughs) Just to clarify. Yes, yes. It is actually coming from an older form of marketing where you were getting the views were being counted by the place where you were um, advertising with. So something like a magazine or a television show, they were, of course, projecting how many views that this advertisement had gotten. And they would tell you, okay, so the price that you paid um, divided by how many people viewed it gives you this CPM. And that's also um, very typical uh, pricing for people who are uh, advertising on Instagram and Facebook. So through the algorithm pushing out different ads, you get a CPM there or a CPC, which is a cost per click. So that's um, how much you were paying for each one of the clicks that you received. And so I think bringing that into influencer marketing probably starts with larger corporations and large agencies that were very used to that. And they're trying to force a, what do they say? Force a round hole into a square peg or <laughs> yes, a square peg into a yeah. round hole. Um, it's not my preferred version of pricing. I just, why? like we just discussed, we, we just discussed how it's not possible to create an average views. Like you just are never going to know. Yeah. We've seen people take such a dive over time and what like you always are going to have to discount your pricing when your views are getting lower or it's not taking into account like your skill set, your niche. Right. There's so many other things it's not taking into account account. And it makes sense for something that's purely numbers-based like advertising on Facebook business, right? Like putting an ad through there is like very numbers-based, very rigid. There's no room for, you know, weird gray areas. But when you're a creator, it's different. You're coming up with a concept, you're acting it out, you are the face. Like there's so many other things that are beyond just Mm -hmm. numbers that you're pricing for that it doesn't to me, doesn't make sense. We still use it for like the overall health of a campaign at the very end um, because it may have included, you know, the campaign for a specific product may have included one portion of paid ads and one portion of influencers. So when we put it all together in terms of impressions and spend, 
we probably will come out with some sort of CPM. But yeah, it's really an old school marketing version. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider it for influencers. I wouldn't tell them that that's the way that they should price. The other thing that we hear is the 1% model. 1% of your follower account is what you should be charging. And I think that rumor floated around far too wide. Um, and I think that's why we see so many low rates in influencer marketing. Because as much as we talk about like the people that give us these outrageous, outlandish numbers, I also see the people where I'm like, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Try again. And I literally said that like five times this week. I literally, I DM'd a girl and I was like, girlfriend, send me your story views because I'm not letting you, I'm not letting you and your 100K followers charge 250 for a story set. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, that is quite low. I know. I think it's it's so hard. And also there's like a mentality to it that I think people don't discuss enough. Like pricing your own worth on a social media app is like, where do you even begin? <laughs> it's like to asking someone like, how, oh much, how much would you sell your firstborn for? It's like, how, how do you price like your worth on an app? It's very difficult. And some people have, you know, um, they're self-conscious, they have fraud syndrome, mm-hmm. they feel like, it, you know, it, I shouldn't even be charging for this in the first place, because maybe they didn't try to become Instagram famous, right. they just did, like, you just don't know. And yeah. some people just have a bad ma- mindset around money altogether. Mm-hmm. So there's also that. Um, but I agree, like, I don't ever adjust people's pricing when they send them to me. And maybe that's an issue that I should do. But as a business person, it is hard to be like, hey, you should charge more because I'm negotiating on behalf of clients. But I definitely don't go under that. Um, and I would, you know, right. hopefully hire them again and again um, and kind of like see them up their rates is nice. Yeah. Everybody has a learning curve too, though. You know, like when you're first in any industry, you don't know, you take the first offer of the first salary. Right. You don't know to negotiate vacation days. Like it's all things that we learn totally. as we build repertoire in our industry. So it comes with the territory. And although it's unfortunate at first to look back and be like, oh, no, I only charged 250 and I could have been charging 500. Like, it's fine. You learned, you up your rates and like you keep moving on. And that's fantastic. Right. Yeah. I mean, the other thing with stories is that they dissolve after 24 hours. So it's like, mm, I hate like the pricing on stories is so tough for me. Or like when people say that they're going to price a story slide more because it includes a link. Also not understanding because, again, the link, like, is gone in 24 hours and, like, it's the same 15 seconds either way. Not sure. Also, it's a clickable Um, element that boosts your engagement. I, it's very strange to me. And I've been seeing that like, you know, to me, the standard protocol when you post something new, especially a partnership, is that you're going to share it onto stories, right? So when I'm contracting, Mm -hmm. I will say like three, let's say it's three story slides plus share the content to stories. So that's technically a fourth slide, but not Mm -hmm. really because like you didn't have to do anything besides share it. And I had somebody price Mm -hmm. me for that slide. And I was like, that's, no, like you can't, I don't also have to pay for the fourth slide because you like are just hitting the arrow that Instagram already created this feature for you. You're doing zero extra work. Oh man, this just takes us back to our previous episode where we talk, where we talked about this. Pricing for extra work is fine. Adding things on just for nonsense is so silly. 
I also had someone the other day tell me that she included 10 story slides in her package and Mm -hmm. or in her like typical ad in conglomeration with her her post and I was like I I I don't I don't want that yeah no (laughs) definitely don't do that yeah we always tell people three three should be if you can't explain it in three there's an issue (laughs) agreed so we've talked about CPM we've talked about this one percent model being not enough we've talked about also niche being something that you can push rate with as well as the time involved. And one of those examples that I've seen frequently is recipe creation, because your recipe creation is going to take so much longer to envision that, to cook it, to pull the video together, to get the right angles. Like there's so much more, there's so much more in that than like a random lip syncing video. But in thinking about how much you can charge at that point, Let's say we let's pull out an example. Let's say we have a account with 10k. 10k account. They send you this recipe creation. We're going to put you in foodie world now. Sonia, you're no longer a beauty okay, girl. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> if I said $2000, what would you say? I'm going to find your sweet spot. I would say that $2000 for 10k is not unheard of if if you're saying that a recipe creation takes a lot of steps, a lot of angles, a lot of photography, whatever else, if the reel could be broken up into two reels, but they shoot it all at once. So if they could figure out a way to give me two topics on the same recipe, so I have two pieces of content, but they didn't have to shoot it twice. And I get the stills that accompany that. So, right, you're already going to have to be doing that. So they're going to give me stills of like, the process, the in process, and the final thing. Now, however many total that is is up to the recipe creator, because I don't know what it takes in terms of steps. But my thought process is that if a recipe takes five steps, they would also have five still images. And then they would be able to remix their video two times, once to give me the final recipe and once to maybe like, teach me how to chop or some other sort of skill set that they're using within the video so that I can flip it twice. 100% Interesting. Okay. Now let's take it lower. Let's take it lower. I have 2000 followers and I give you that a thousand dollar rate for the same exact product. I think that if you include some form of ad usage, and you can promote it on ads, I would be interested. To me, 2,000 followers is not enough to be justifying for my clients um, the amount of exposure. The content, yes, but if part of the package is like, oh, I'm posting on my end, 2,000 followers is just not enough for me. If they do some sort of amazing content creation, then yes, and it's like a good package. It could be an option if that includes a little bit of ad Mm -hmm. usage, perhaps. But I don't think that the exposure... What is your low end for micro-influencers? Five. I don't normally pay under 5K. Yeah. Really? And that's just for for a post on the feed. There are people that we have discovered that we've loved that do really cool types of content or that have a look that we're really looking for that have that lower end and we just want them to create content. And that's a great partnership. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a good way to get started and get like your foot in the door. But for me, most of the time, 
we're recommending that people are, if they're looking for exposure and posting on the feed, we try and start closer to 5K. That's an amazing point because let's bring back that content versus awareness thing. If you are under 5K, we're not saying that you can't sell that content, but you better be leading with the content, not with the awareness. Your your Absolutely. strong suit is not your promotional pieces here. For sure. I think it's a build. And that's unfortunate. And I'm sorry if I'm crushing anybody right now who has under 5K. Hopefully, it's just like giving you something to work towards. And I'm not saying that there aren't brands who won't do it. This is my personal policy and the way that we cast for the brands that we work with. I am sure that there are brands that will do it. For me, it's like when we get under 5K and stuff ends up being... It just doesn't make sense by the time that I'm putting together the contract, the W-9, like from an agency point of view, it's too much labor for not enough exposure and work. Now, if it's for content and I'm coming to that person, I'm saying, great, make me 10 reels or something for a package rate and here's $3,000 or whatever the rate is then that makes more sense because I'm getting a more long-lasting partnership out of it. But for what we call a one and done, so someone who is posting a thing, promoting that thing, whatever else, like a smaller package, under 5K is just too much work for something that is like, essentially, I could have Venmoed you for. for. So, But for a smaller brand that maybe isn't represented by an agency, is going after people just, you know, either from the founder or an intern or a very small team, it's very possible that you could get those paid deals. I'm just giving you my perspective from, you know, the way that we run our business. I love this perspective. I do think there is so much to think about with this, with this content versus awareness and how you can create packages that really make sense with how much you want to be paid to get out of bed, how much you want to be paid to do all of the things involved with emailing, contracting, invoicing, creating like literally everything. So on that note, I'm going to leave you, my friend, my listener, to think on that, to consider how you want to apply this to you. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this, rate, review, subscribe. I don't even know. Is that a YouTube thing? I'm still getting the hang of it. (laughs) And if you have any... Questions, comments, deep concerns, find us on Instagram at the Harley Jordan and Sonia.elise. Bye.